Hey everybody, I'm Brian Clapp, VP of Content and Engaged Learning at WorkInSports.com, and this is the Work in Sports Podcast. Welcome to February. It is snowing like mad here in Pennsylvania right now. We've got about 18 inches of snow, another four I think still expected. So as you listen to this, picture me pushing a snowblower and shoveling, since that's likely what I'll be doing the rest of the day. I'll likely be listening to somebody else's podcast as I do that because it'd be weird if I listened to myself. Maybe that's just me, but I don't know. Listening to my own podcast episodes is a little bit strange. So I'll be listening to someone else. Uh, Quick thanks to Grand Canyon University, University of Arkansas, University of Florida, and University of Missouri-St. Louis, who have in the last week, welcomed me into their classrooms. I just did two sessions at the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Um, They've invited me to their classrooms over the past week to share career advice with their sports management students. This is one of my great thrills. I love being in the classroom and trying to help the students out, sharing a little bit of advice, actionable tips, really giving them an understanding of how the sports industry works, because I really feel like those are great opportunities to set them up for success. And that's why I do this. That's literally why I'm doing this every day. That's the whole point of workinsports.com. We want to help people get jobs in the sports industry, and this aligns with it perfectly. Um, If you're listening and you're a professor, don't be shy. Reach out. Like if you're thinking to yourself, hey, wow, that'd be cool if I could have Brian come speak to my class. Um, maybe you're thinking I wouldn't want Brian to come speak to my class, but maybe you're thinking you would. And if you are thinking that, feel free to reach out and ask. I mean, I'm I'm doing one today at University of Minnesota Mankato, who I don't know the professor. He reached out via email and he said, hey, I'd love to have you in my classroom. So I'm doing that later on today. So I am always here to help in that regard. As for content, my speciality, uh, in January, we busted out some really amazing episodes. Uh, we had a theme. Looking forward, looking forward towards hiring trends for 2021. Like that was the goal. What is going to be the focus of January of of 2021? Gosh, I'm already stumbling over my words. So we had Callie Franklin, the vice president of human resources at NYCFC, we had on John Ferguson, who's a VP of people and culture at Monumental Sports Entertainment. We had on Matt Resnick, who's a sports talent acquisition executive, formerly at Madison Square Garden Company. So those three people just hammered in on the trends that they're seeing in the sports industry, the hiring that they're seeing emerge, how people can stand out, and some of those developing areas that people should focus on. A lot of tactics and techniques, too. Really beneficial stuff. We also tossed in Nigel Eccles, who's the co-founder of FanDuel, because as I've said many times before, when the co-founder of FanDuel says, hey, I'd like to be on your show, you say, great, let's put it on the schedule. So it didn't necessarily fit in with our theme, but a really great interview based on being a sports entrepreneur, being creative and being innovative. So, I see now, now I'm doing that. Nigel is from Scotland. So he says, instead of innovative, he says innovative. And now I find myself saying innovative for some reason. So, and I laugh at myself because I'm not from Scotland. So anyway, we're getting some really great uh, results on content. So make sure that you check all that stuff out. I think if you're new to the show, start there. Listen to those talent acquisition executives because they're going to tell you things that can really make a difference in your career. Then start reaching it back into our content archives, looking for the targeted content that fits you. So if you want to work in sales, we've got plenty of people who've 
are in sales, that are sales executives in the sports industry. If you want to work in marketing or partnership activation, scouting, coaching, general managers, agents, you name it. We've talked to all those people. We've interviewed them about their careers and how they got to where they are. So if that's something that is intriguing to you, um, lean into it. All of our content is evergreen, meaning you can go back and listen to it, and any of it is just as re relevant today as it was the day we published it. So just know that and understand that. Uh, and, and I think these three episodes are a really good place for you to start and then dig deeper. All right, before we get into today's question, it's time for the stat line, with, which, as I found out this week, is Meredith Johnson's favorite segment. Right, music there. Okay, three stats, data pulls, information, that will help you understand where we are as a sports industry right now. This is the context you need to understand what's happening in the industry. Stat number one, 19,869.96, numbers are hard too, 19,896 active available sports jobs right now. We will pass 20,000 active sports jobs this week on workinsports.com. Now, why is this such an important benchmark? Because the last time we at Work in Sports, and we've been doing this for 20 years, the last time we were over 20,000 jobs on our job board was in early March 2020, when COVID first started to become a reality and change the sports world. So to get back to that benchmark is huge progress. We are coming back, and that should get you energized for your search. If the last year was about doubt, this year is about the future, and we're seeing it really start to emerge. Just to track January increases so far to give you this a little bit more perspective. In the first week of January, our sports job total jumped 8%. Second week, it jumped 6.5%. Third week, it jumped 4.7%. Fourth week, it jumped 6.8%. That is great growth. So give that complete perspective. Total for the month of January. Starting January 1st, we had 15,573 active jobs. And now we're up to 19,896. So right on the cusp of 20,000. That's what I'm talking about. That is good, good, good data point to see where we're headed. Stat number two, over the last week, we added 2,865 new fresh jobs to the job board, which stat number three is an average of over 400 new fresh opportunities every damn day of the week. Your job is out there. We'll help you find it. Whoa, that could be a tagline. That wasn't bad. All right. That was just like spitballing off the top of my head. Your job is out there. We'll help you find it. That sounds kind of good. I'm going to have to work with that. Workshopping right now. Point your feedback. Okay. Three jobs that are fresh on the job board and interesting. Yes, that is subjective because I alone determine what is considered interesting. Job number one. The Athletic is hiring a staff editor for the NFL. Now, if you're an NFL fan and you're on the journalism side, that's as cool as it gets. The candidate will be involved in all the day-to-day -day operations, including collaborating with writers, planning, editing, and publishing of content. You will generate thoughtful, smart, and relevant story ideas. Sounds like fun. Okay, a couple other points I want to make here, though. I'm always telling you to look at job descriptions so you can understand the skills that are in demand for this role. So you might be saying to yourself, hey, athletic hiring a staff editor, that means I need to know grammar and prove my writing skills and uh, understand the web a little bit. Okay, good. I should be good to go. If you look at the job description, it gives you a lot more detail. And so you, even if you're not ready to apply for this job, if you're in college right now, you can look at this and say, that's where I want to be someday. What skills do I need to be stand out for the job? 
So this says, if you look through the job description, I'm just pulling a couple little points, follow, follow best practices on headline writing and SEO optimization. If you don't know what SEO, opt SEO optimization is, this is telling you, this is the blinking red light saying, learn this skill. If you're in college right now and you want to get into the online content creation, you better learn SEO optimization. That's your red flag. Okay. It also says knowledge of WordPress and photo editing skills is a plus. So now not only are you a journalism major, but maybe you've learned WordPress and you've learned Photoshop. Now you've got plus things to your resume. So just look at these job descriptions and understand what's in demand. And it can make such a difference in the way you go about your decision making. Job number two, production coordinator in content production for Adidas. Oh, see, this is one of the things I love about our job board. We aren't just limited to those companies that are big team brands. Those are important, but we're not just publishing the jobs of the New York Yankees or the Chicago Blackhawks or the LA Rams. We are pushing out all of the jobs that are available in the sports industry. That's why our site has such value. So here's a job with Adidas. The production coordinator is responsible for supporting the content production team and is an integral part of the in-house creative agency. Okay. It goes on to tell more. Part of the reason I wanted to bring this up is because another tip that I give all the time is when you go onto our site and you might see 20,000 jobs and think that's intimidating. If you're looking for entry level roles, search for a term like coordinator because that's a, a descriptor for entry level jobs. So you will find things, marketing coordinator, production coordinator, operations coordinator, social media coordinator. And then you can start to read those entry level jobs and figure out that sounds interesting to me. So in this role, it supports the in-house producers and in driving key projects, workflow and production studio operations responsible for assisting in the execution of photography, video and social content projects. So if you read that and say, that sounds awesome. Now you can put together a game plan to get there. And I think that's so powerful. Another reason I love our site. Here's another one. Job number three. Marketing analytics for Iron Man. Talked about this a lot. Analytics, not just on the player side, but on the business side is really growing. But again, we're not just focused on the big four sports leagues. You get Iron Man jobs on our site, right? And you get all these companies you may not have even thought to look at that are connected to sports in a big way. This is a perfect example of why our job board is so important. Okay, the analyst for marketing analytics role is focused on leveraging data analytics to gain an in-depth understanding of athlete behaviors and trends. The key goal of this department will be to accelerate the usefulness of data across the business, as well as maximizing the affinity, engagement, and lifetime value of our endurance athletes around the world. All of that sounds super cool. Using data to better understand their market and their audience. Those are powerful jobs in the sports industry right now. And again, you as an individual are not going to be able to look through 8,000 different sports companies, career job, job boards every day to see if there's anything new posted. That's the value we provide. You're finding so many jobs you didn't even know exist. Okay. That was a stat line. All right, question comes in from Mary in Maine. Hey, Brian, I'm a relatively new listener to the show, and I've really enjoyed what you've done so far in January. Thank you, Mary. Um, she, I listened to the episode with John Ferguson, and he emphasized how video interviews are growing and will be a staple of hiring in 2021. But then he went on to explain video interviews in a way I wasn't completely familiar, and I got confused. And then I listened to your interview with Callie Franklin, and she said the same thing. Video interviews are a trend that is going to continue in 2021. 
But I started to get worried that my thinking of a video interview is talking to somebody over Zoom was different than what they were explaining. Can you go into greater detail and explain what this new trend is? Mary, this is a really great question. I'm glad we're hammering into it. Okay, so first I'll start off with an overview of what it actually means. So these video interviews that they're referring to, you're right, are more than just you're in face-to-face but on Zoom, right? It's not just taking a face-to-face interview and placing it on a Zoom kind of coordinated experience. It is a little different. Now, those exist too. There are video interviews that are face-to-face with somebody just through Zoom, and that's very much like a face-to-face interview. But there's a step in the early process, which is uniform and thrown out to everybody in those initial phases of culling down a list. So you're John Ferguson. You post a job for Monumental Sports and Entertainment, and you get you know, 200 people that apply for it, and you send them out a link like you're, you're initially looking through resumes and determining if this person has any of the skill set that fits the job and not everybody's going to get this link. So you're determining um, who in here is somewhat interesting. I'm, I'm interested to hear more from this person. And so what they do is they create a link. They send it out to you via email where you're, int- you're uh, introduced and, and invited, I should say, to participate in a video interview. And so they get the link. You would click on the link as the user. You would be given a prompt that says like a question. It would say something like, tell us about a time that you um, had to reach a certain sales goal, but were struggling to meet it. I don't know, whatever interview question they may have. Or they may say, tell us something on your resume that we, we tell us something about you outside of your resume. So you get to look at that question, that prompt, and they give you 30 seconds to think, and then it will start to record and it will record for one minute and just one minute. And that's it. Right. And it may have a couple questions in that process, it may have three questions, may have five questions, may have whatever they want it to be. And so that is they get then the John Ferguson of the world or the Cali Franklin of the world or the Matt Resnick of the world. They get that information back in. They're able to review your answers and they're able to push it out to the hiring managers that are associated with that job. And then they can start to go through next phases of the interview process, figuring out who stood out and what they liked and whatever. OK, so that's the basic overarching premise. We're going to get into the details of it, but that's how it works. Okay. Now I've always hated these systems. I'm just speaking personally on this regard. Um, my, my thought process going into this, cause these have existed for a while. This, this process has existed for a while. I've always kind of hated it. And the reason is for me, hiring was a very, is a very personal thing. I wanted to see somebody. I wanted to talk to them. I wanted to have an exchange, right? Even if it was on the phone, I wanted to have that exchange. I felt like this took away a lot of the personal aspect of interviewing. And I think the only way to really make sure you hire the right person is to really get to know them and explore their personality and the scope of who they are. But these are becoming more and more of a reality for a lot of reasons. And it's not just convenience. One of the reasons that these have become really important in the early screening process is to get rid of unintended bias. And what I mean by that is, so I'm an interviewer and I'm interviewing one person and I ask them a question and I say it in a nice way. And then maybe I ask them a follow-up because I'm curious and I ask them a follow-up question. And then I ask them another question and we're getting into a good rapport. Okay. Well, the next time I interview somebody else, somebody completely different. Now I'm interviewing a new person. 
maybe I'm in a different mood that day. Maybe I'm not feeling as gregarious. And so I ask them very straight questions and I don't ask them any follow-ups. Now I've presented two different scenarios for these two applicants. The system is not uniform and there's unconscious bias that comes into that exchange. Maybe I liked this one person better because of the way they looked. Maybe I liked them better because of the way they didn't look, right? I'm not saying me because I don't behave that way, but I'm saying this is, this is what unconscious bias looks like. So if you strip all that out and say everyone is going to have the same prompt, the same question, no follow-up, and one minute to answer, it creates uniformity for everyone to perform at their best. And that's important in this process. That's how we make sure we get diverse workforces rather than just intentionally created unconscious bias workforces. So while I don't love the process, I do understand why it exists. I do actually think it's a good idea. And I think maybe we need to keep exploring ways to grow this process. But when John and Callie were bringing it up in their interviews, what they were saying was in 2020, we were forced into this environment where we had to do it this way. And you know what? We actually really liked it. It actually really worked for us. The hiring managers liked it because I could send them out, send them out a video answer to a question and they could review the person right there. And they liked how everything stayed on point and they learned a lot about the people in this format. So these sessions are here to stay. And that's the bigger point here. So again, I just want to reiterate, you're applying for a job and your first response from somebody at that organization may be like, we received your resume and cover letter. We're interested in your status and where you stand with this job. Here is a, uh, a link to follow where you'll be conducting a virtual or video interview. Good luck. We'll be in touch afterwards. Now, obviously, it's not written like that, but that's basically the gist of it. Now, I talked to a couple of the recruiters because I was curious about how this process has worked for them as well. And what they said was a large propensity of people, of candidates, don't even respond to the link. And that becomes a weeding out process. So again, they're going through, they're getting all these applicants and they're sending out requests for people to conduct these video interviews. And sometimes people just aren't even responding to it. Well, then they're out of the mix. What that tells you about that person is that they're going through the motions. They're applying for a lot of jobs, but maybe they're not even keeping up with their applications. They're just throwing their name out there. And so that tells you right there, that's a bad approach. So don't be that person. Don't be that person that's just like shotgunning your resume out there everywhere and not really keeping up with the tasks that are associated with that job. If you're serious about a job, be serious about the entire process. So now let's talk about the next part. You get this link, you click on it, you see a prompt, you have one minute to go. And, uh, and it's going to record you. What are the most important things you can do in that minute? Listen, they know you're not going to be perfect. Like you're not going to nail one minute, boom, on the nose and get everything out there perfectly. What they can notice though is your confidence, your body language. How do you present yourself? Do you make eye contact with the camera? So those of you that are watching on YouTube right now, because we do record all of our podcasts. Well, now in 2021, we've started recording all of our podcasts and putting them on YouTube as well on our YouTube channel. So check that out if you want to see me talk. Um, <laughs> so I am always trying to look at the camera and make eye contact and it feels like I'm talking to you. So when you're doing this, make sure you're looking at your camera, make sure you're making eye contact. You're not drifting around. You're not stumbling. All right. Get your thoughts together quickly. Be ready to make your points, make eye contact, smile, maybe have some motion with your hands a little bit. It's okay not to do it too much. Right. But a little bit of enthusiasm in body language can come through. And I think that can be a powerful thing. When I try to talk on the podcast, 
it's funny. I have the video on now so you guys can see me. Hi, everyone. Um, but even when I'm not on video, I'm talking with my hands because I get excited about these conversations. So don't be af afraid to let some enthusiasm come through. You don't want to come off robotic or inauthentic or too scripted. What they're trying to get you to do is see how you react when you're not sure what's coming. What can you provide in your personality to be a quick processor, get your thoughts together and get on with things. Now, what I would also tell you to expect in order to prepare, you do not know what questions they're going to ask you, but I guarantee you at least two out of the five are going to be behavioral interview questions. And if you didn't listen to it, you should go back and listen to that podcast. I think it was two or three weeks ago on a Monday where I talked about behavioral interview questions. And what that means is tell me about a time dot, dot, dot. So get your experiences in order in your mind, have some, you know, notes around you and whatever, a couple bullet points or what have you off camera. So that if something comes up where they say, tell us about a time when you had to sell a product that uh, was not in high demand. Okay, let's go. You know, if you're applying for this job and you have some of these skill sets, you should be able to articulate that. So get to your points quickly. Make them with intention and try to have very focused answers. You don't want to just be blabbering on and on. Of course, you're probably laughing now because I have a tendency to blab on and on. But my point is the more you can be on point, make your points, really get to your experience, layering your experience into their question, the more you come off as somebody who is qualified for this role and ready for it. So my advice to you is these, these interview sessions, these, these processes are going to continue and will exist and will increase probably. You'll probably see this more and more and more. So be ready for it. Don't be surprised. If you get this link, be ready to do it. I actually think timing matters too. If you get that link and you wait two days to do it, but the world may have passed you by, right? So do it within an hour of receiving the email is my estimation. Get the email, make it a priority to respond if you can, right? Make it a priority to respond. Give yourself a half an hour to kind of get your mind straight. Think through some of the accomplishments you've had on your internships and your previous jobs. Get some of those things in, in your mind. Review a little bit. Go back through things you've done. Think about your skill set. Look at the job description again. See what things they've emphasized. Really start to study and prepare, and then be ready to nail that moment. I know I tell you to do research before an interview, and, and this is a little bit different. This is a first foray. This is a first, they're gonna ask you questions to see how you stand out. When you get to the next phase, I want you to do tons and tons and tons of research. For this one, I want you to be ready to respond pretty quickly. You get the email link, you're ready to respond pretty quickly and get in there. Spend a half an hour reviewing the job description, understanding what points are emphasized in there that are important. Review yourself a little bit, get yourself ready to go. Be ready, feel good, focus, looking at that lens and, and smile and be ready to answer and go, right? Don't delay. For the next phase, once you pass this one and you have a phone interview with an actual person or you have a video interview with an actual person, then you're gonna hammer into your, your re uh, research. You're gonna study everything there is to know about that business and that operation. But for this one, time is of the essence. They're trying to make a quick filter and understand who is the, who are the right matches for this job. And you wanna get through that phase and delaying won't help you. Be ready to answer and go through it quickly and well. Nail your best moments. Okay, so Mary, I hope that clears up a little bit of what we mean when we say video or virtual interviews. A lot of times it's not going to be with somebody on the other side of the camera. It's going to be you with your screen. And some people find that really difficult. So practice. 
practice. Get a camera, set it up, just start talking to them. Talk to the lens. If you talk to your webcam where you know your lens is on your webcam, talk to that, record it, look at yourself back, understand if you do things that are weird, you lean to the side a little bit, you get your hands all over the place, you hit your microphone. Just go through those steps to practice now so that when that interview comes in, you're ready to go. All right, everyone. I hope that helps. I hope that helps set you up for success a little bit. Coming up on Wednesday is my interview with Felicia Douglas, my friend Felicia Douglas. She is from the uh, New Orleans Saints and Pelicans. She's a manager of inside sales. She has a really great backstory. What I love about Felicia is that in November, they started hiring for their inside sales team. So I wanted to talk to her about Okay, what was this process like compared to previous times that you've hired? Did you get a ton of applicants? Were they more qualified than ever? Was it hard to choose? What's your work environment like right now? What are, what's the trends in, in New Orleans? Are you, are the, the personas different as you try to sell to the Saints and you sell to the Pelicans? Are there different audiences you're working with? Really super cool interview. Felicia is really interesting and fun, and I really enjoy talking to her. I know you'll enjoy listening to it. So make sure you check out all those past episodes I'm talking about and then tune in for felicia douglas on wednesday and thanks for listening to this episode and stop